This is the Wake Up Rundown from News 10 ABC. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Today is March 29th, and I'm Jess Borganti with your Storm Tracker forecast. Well, yesterday was a tough go to try and make it to the upper 50s. Those clouds quickly swooped in, and as clouds won, we only made it to the mid-50s. And today's pretty much a carbon copy. Oh, but you have to add some rain. So today, clouds will always rule a high of 53 degrees, and the showers in play this morning, well, they stick around until at least 3 or 4 o'clock this afternoon. So you'll notice soaking rain at times this morning, and then those showers do taper off by the mid to late afternoon. Always keep that umbrella handy. Hey, winds are calmer. Those gusts yesterday approached 20 to 30 miles per hour. So at least we have calmer winds today, barely measurable tonight. And as we dry out tonight, only a spotty shower or drizzle can be expected. Otherwise, just dry with a low of 45 degrees. Tomorrow's the true warm up. Saturday will be awesome, warming to 64 degrees. But those breezy winds come back. Gusts between 25 to 30 miles per hour tomorrow. And clouds rule the day, spotty shower north and northwest of Albany. And remember when we talk about Sunday, the rain is steadiest through the morning. But as that shower activity starts to taper off between really 1 and 2 p.m., it's actually going to end as a quick burst of snow. So don't be shocked to see that in the morning rain as you head to church or any plans before noon. You see that that rain changes over quickly to snow before we dry out by the mid to late afternoon. And you will notice some late day sun on Sunday. And next week is looking brighter. That's your updated Storm Tracker forecast. Here's today's top headlines. Happening now, Governor Andrew Cuomo is in Albany as the countdown to the budget deadline continues. Lawmakers have just three days to get it done on time. News 10 ABC's Justina Latimer is live outside the Capitol this morning as we learn more about what may and may not make it in that budget. Justina? Well, reports coming from the Capitol indicate that several agreements have already been reached, with the one of the biggest ones being the plastic bag ban. The plastic bag ban is expected to offer an opt-in fee for local municipalities of five cents for paper bags, with two cents going to localities to help the poor buy reusable bags, and the other three cents expected to go to the Environmental Protection Fund. According to reports, other topics that will also be discussed include some form of the cash bail reform, a possible opioid tax, election reform, and restoring AIM funding to local communities. But one thing that is not expected to be included is legalizing marijuana. Now, lawmakers have a big incentive to pass the budget on time because there could be a $10,000 pay increase that will go into effect by next year, but that's only if the budget is passed by Monday. Live from the Capitol, Justina Latimer, News 10, ABC. The Mohanneson School District facing a $2 million budget gap. At a last-minute rally at Draper Middle School last night, parents sending a clear message, our kids deserve better. Close to 200 people signed a petition which will be hand-delivered to Governor Cuomo and other lawmakers this morning. 12 teachers were fired last year and 20 more positions will be cut if the gap doesn't close. And SUNY school officials urging Governor Cuomo to add around $140 million to the budget to help fund the gap when it comes to both SUNY and CUNY schools. Officials say there is a more than $67 million gap at SUNY schools between what qualifying students are supposed to get in tuition assistance and what the state actually pays. That number grows at CUNY schools to more than $72 million. Budget deadline coming up fast April 1st. As the investigation into the tragic Schoharie limo crash that killed 20 people in October continues, a grand jury convened yesterday in Schoharie County. 
Now, that's a secret proceeding, but we reached out to Susan Mallory, the Schoharie County DA. She would neither confirm nor deny that the jurors were meeting what they were meeting to discuss. Prestige limo operator Nauman Hussein was not spotted during the proceeding, but of course, defense defendants and their defense teams are typically not at grand jury proceedings anyway. The Hoosick Falls burglary suspect still on the run this morning after escaping police custody. Police choppers circling over Poundle, Vermont, just 10 miles from Hoosick Falls. Police say the search is being expanded now because he could have utilized the train tracks that run through Hoosick Falls to Vermont and into Massachusetts. Police said they're focusing on finding him first before they look at what may have gone wrong in the first place. New York Attorney General Letitia James is blaming the Sackler family who created OxyContin and Purdue Pharmaceuticals for fueling the nationwide opioid epidemic. James says the Sacklers, who filled several seats on the Connecticut-based company's board, profited while millions of Americans suffered from addiction and death. Purdue Pharma says New York is just attempting to publicly vilify the company, but on Wednesday, they agreed to a $270 million settlement with the state of Oklahoma. A Castleton man accused of having sexual contact with a young child scheduled for sentencing. Police say 54-year-old Kevin Andrews sexually abused an 11-year-old child back in March of 2018. He faces several charges, including first-degree sexual abuse and endangering the welfare of a child, and he is due in court this morning. New details this morning in the ongoing case against alleged Capital Region sex cult Nexium, mm -hmm. second alleged co-conspirator, now pleading guilty. This as defendant Seagram's heiress Claire Bronfman clarifies her relationship with embattled lawyer Michael Avenatti. The latest developments, we go to Nicole now the Media Center. Who is pleading guilty here, Nicole? All right, Ryan. Well, Lauren Salzman, following in the footsteps of her mother, Nancy, she's now pleaded guilty in the case against self-help group Nexium. According to court documents, Salzman pleaded guilty on Monday. The details of her plea, though, not clear. We are expecting to learn more soon. According to a letter from the U.S. Attorney's Eastern District Office, prosecutors are asking the judge to unseal a redacted copy of Salzman's change of plea hearing. This latest guilty plea comes just weeks after Salzman's mother, Nancy, pleaded guilty to racketeering conspiracy. Lauren Salzman is set to be sentenced in September. Meanwhile, Seagram's heiress Claire Bronfman is shutting down rumors that she's being secretly represented by celebrity attorney Michael Avenatti. In court yesterday, Mark Garagos, a close colleague of Avenatti's, was confirmed as Bronfman's official legal counsel after Bronfman assured the court that she wasn't bothered by reports that Garagos is allegedly an unidentified co-conspirator in the Nike extortion case that Avenatti was arrested for earlier this week. Avenatti is accused of attempting to extort $20 million from Nike. He has denied those charges. Claire Bronfman is currently facing charges for money laundering and identity theft for her role in Nexium. Her lawyer, Mark Garagos' clients have included Michael Jackson, Colin Kaepernick, and Jesse Smollett. One of the most historically accurate World War II ships in the world is ready to return for its 22nd season in the capital region, of course, I'm talking about the USS Slater. It is the only remaining World War II destroyer escort afloat in America, and it is fantastic. The volunteers who have painstakingly restored that ship and continue to work on it year after year are phenomenal. The tours are fantastic. Check it out if you've never been. It opens for tours Wednesday, April 3rd. <laughs> And yesterday was opening day for Major League Baseball, so how do our regional teams fare? Well, the Yanks beat the Orioles, and my Red Sox fell 12-4 to the Mariners. It's just one game. It's the start of a very long season and a very exciting one at that. All 30 teams, by the way, 
uh, were in action yesterday. And if you're a fan of women's basketball, Albany is the place to be this weekend. The Times Union Center will come alive for some of the biggest women's basketball matchups of the season. UCLA, UConn, Louisville, and Oregon State fans filling up the seats for the regional tournament. And don't miss all the fun beforehand at the Fan Fest from 3 to 6. A local airman killed while serving in Vietnam one step closer to his final resting place more than 50 years after his death. Our Lexi Nall has that story. Even decades after the Vietnam War ended, Richard Kibbe was still officially declared MIA. But his family still held out hope that even if they couldn't have their oldest son back, at least someday they would know what happened to him. In the early years, let's say up to five or ten years after the incident, we were always hoping there would be some kind, especially when the war became over, that there would be some kind of recovery. But as the years went by, there was just no word. Robert Kibbe says he looked up to his big brother Richard and will always remember the final days they spent together when Richard was based in Utah. We went out fishing, caught trout. That was cool. You know, he showed me his plane that he flew. It was, uh, I was up in a C-124. Oh, it was just um, very memorable. At this time, Richard was a pilot, and he would soon complete cross-training to fly helicopters and be sent to Vietnam in the 1960s. On his first mission, he was shot down. Only one man survived the crash on the Laos-Vietnam border, a pararescuer who was blown out of the helicopter. But the rest of the crew would not be discovered for decades. It wasn't until 50 years later that a Vietnam farmer approached these U.S people who were there looking for grave sites to bring uh, bodies home. And that farmer had a box with things he'd recovered from the crash site. And in the box was bone fragments and a dog tag. It turned out the bone fragment was from the first pilot, the major, I forgot his name, who was piloting the, the helicopter. The dog tags were my brothers. Now, after all this time, Richard will finally be laid to rest at the Arlington National Cemetery on Friday. And after years of pain, a bright spot for his family. Richard is bringing them all back together again. The greatest thing about it, the thing that I'm feeling so good about, is the fact that I'm going to meet uh, nieces and grandnieces and great-great-nieces uh, that I've never met. It's like a Kibbe reunion, yeah. For News 10 ABC, I'm Lexi Nall. This morning's Giving on 10 comes to us from Troop K of the New York State Police. This week, troopers presented the president of the upstate New York chapter of the National Multiple Sclerosis Society with a check for $7,500. The troopers wanted to thank everyone who came out to their annual events last month to raise money for the Multiple Sclerosis Society. They risk their lives every day for us. And, of course, they give back as well in terms of charity. Wonderful. If you know of somebody giving back, helping someone in need, let us know about it. All you have to do is send us a picture and a story to one of our social media pages, or you can email it to news at news10.com. Don't forget to use the hashtag GivingOn10, and we'll be happy to get it on air or online. Do you enjoy starting the day with the Wake Up Rundown? If so, do us a favor and take a second to rate the podcast and leave us a review in iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. It helps other people find the show and it makes sure that you're subscribed to get each morning's episode automatically downloaded into your feed. For more of the stories in today's podcast, head to news10.com or Wake Up With 10 on air every weekday morning starting at 4.30.